0: Folks at home, welcome back to Ike Live here at the Classic down in Houston. We're just having a ball. Everybody in the sport of fishing is here. The greatest lures, all the new stuff, the new boats, it's all here at the Classic. And I even have a new host uh, with me here today, replacing Ike, like all the rest. is uh, Man, fresh off a monster
1: win on the FLW Tour is Bradley Dortch. Thank you, Pete. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a wild week since uh since I've left Harris Chain, you know, ended up here at the Classic. I'm I'm, you know, like I said, I'm like a kid in a candy store walking around this place. I think we all are, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing all the products, rods, reels, tackle, and, and just walking around and you know, a couple of pros right over there across from us. Just just being able to walk up to them and talk to them. It's crazy. And you're sitting in a seat that you've earned.
0: I've had, uh, Jerry McKinnis in that seat. I've had Roland Martin in that seat. I just had Larry Nixon and Gary Yamamoto in that seat. And you're in that seat because you, you did something spectacular. I mean, this is your rookie season on the FLW Tour and you bested, uh, local favorite John Cox. You held off Florida veteran JT Kenny coming on with a monster bag
1: to win the Harris chain. Uh, are you still riding that high? It's, is it still there? Yeah, you know, when uh, when the you know, year started, you know, I just said, Look, you know, need to make enough cuts just to, just to maintain and move on to next year. And then ended up at the Harris Chain, the final day. You know, you pull up in the morning, and, you know, I got Thrift right there, JT over here, John Cox in front. You know, just to be included in that list of guys, just being an average guy that I am, I'm sitting around going, Man, these guys are pretty good, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, to, to come back and uh, – and actually come back from fifth and win. It's, it's, it's pretty special. I, I, I know it is. It, it, it was awesome to
0: see. T- take me through it, man. Like, uh, here we are. It's the last day of the tour. You're in the hunt in fifth place. Right. You're within striking distance. Um, that's kind of a good place to be, right? You don't have that much pressure on you sitting in fifth place. You're already in the cut, right? right? It had, did that calm you when yeah. you took off
1: that morning? Yeah, you know, and and one of the biggest things most people didn't realize was that was the night the time actually changed. Mm-hmm. And, and being able, you know, I'm sitting there that morning. I lost, lost two big ones right off the bat on the third morning. And then I knew that, you know, once the sun got up, those fish just kind of died off and quit biting. They were a lot harder to catch. And uh, once the time changed, I was honestly kind of licking my chops uh, the fourth morning to get down there and uh, just having that extra hour, you know, before the sun got up. I had a feeling I was going to catch them. That's awesome. Yeah. Did, did it, um, how did it
0: work out? I mean, when you, did it work out the way you planned, or did you have to make some adjustments on the fly?
1: Yeah, I mean, I had to make adjustments all week long, and, you know, I'd been catching them on a, a one-knocker and then catching them on a, you know, a, a, a cinco style bait, you know. Mm-hmm. And then that morning I went down there, and, you know, the probably the third cast, I foul-hooked a seven on a trap. And honestly, I was telling the story a while I go, I wasn't for sure, even if it was a bass. Just, you know, it, it, something wasn't right. And the fish kind of buried up in the grass, and when it did, I almost just reeled down and just, you know, pulled, and I'm like, "You, you idiot, don't do that. Good move. Do not do that. Because I didn't want to go in that clump of grass, but finally I said, look, if it's a big one, you know, so I kick trolling motor on high, and I ease up to the grass and go to pulling, and a seven-pounder just rolls out laying there, and I'm oh. thinking, oh, Lord. <laughs> what just happened yeah. here? Yeah. I put it in the net, and anytime you foul hook a fish and land at seven-pounder, it's probably going to be your day. It is going to be your day. And then it wasn't probably... Hey, I kind of left that clump alone for 10, 15 minutes just to let it rest since I'd run through it, and I wheeled back around, and when I come up in there, I said, you know, I'm still throwing a trap. And I'm like, you dummy, do not throw this trap back in there. You know, if they're eating that good, they'll probably eat anything. So I turned around and picked up speedworm wire and fired speedworm out, and caught an eight. Oh, my gosh. So seven and eight within the first 10, 15 minutes was pretty uh, – yeah, that. it gets your day started <laughs> out right, you know.
0: Yeah, I can see where that could be a start of a good day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so so you uh, so you got these monster bags started, you know, and and uh, how did the rest of
1: your day go? You know, the rest of the day, I knew right the end. I said, look, you know, you, you got two big bites early. And I, I was, you know, the math in my head, I, I, every guy that fishes a tournament's kind of sitting there doing the math. And, and I knew, I talked to my wife the night before the tournament, and I said, look, i really need around probably 22 to 24 to honestly have a shot to win it. Yeah. You know, because I, I figured Cox was going to catch them. You know, we were down, cut down the to top ten, wasn't near, near as many boats. And, uh, you know, I'm doing the math with those two fish, and I'm like, man, you've got close to 16 pounds. If you finish out with a three-pounder, a three-pounder, a three-pounder you're going to have like 22, 23 pounds. Right. And within a few minutes, I caught one probably three and three quarters and then turned around and caught one probably close to three. And then I had a small fish I had in the box, and, man, the bite just died. I, and, I, you know, I knew I needed to make a call. and around 3 o'clock, check-in was 345, around 3 o'clock, I had a waypoint that I hadn't touched all week. And I'd kind of run out of stuff to do, and I'd run out there to that waypoint, and it was dead slick. And I kept telling the camera guys, like, I need wind or something. I need something to break the water up. And it started raining. Come on. I swear, and I fired out there and uh, caught one close to three and made a, probably a pound, pound and a half call with last 20, 30 minutes.
0: What was that spot? What kind of spot was that?
1: Scattered hydrilla, just a clump out in the middle of a big flat, and, you know, just the wind never would blow and, and yeah. I'm sitting there griping and you know, all of a sudden it just, just a slight drizzle just to break the surface up. And there it was, you know. Did you at that point did you think you had the tournament won? no not really i mean i wasn't for sure on the way back in i made one stop with about 15 minutes to go to throw and john come running in i'm talking you know he had that crest liner wide open and he runs straight to the bank jumped on the front deck and i said look i've been fishing long enough either he needs another fish to make his fifth one or he's trying to make a call because he's got a small one right and then uh I had a feeling, you know, something happened to him, but I didn't expect JT to come in there with 27 and a half, you know.
0: Right, right.
1: So, yeah, yeah, it worked worked out, you know, when it's your day, it's your day, you know.
0: It's like a freight train when you're going to win, it's like you can't stop it. And uh, that's the way it worked out for you and congratulations on that one and uh Definitely. And it's uh, this is your rookie year in the FLW tour, but you you were a co-angler. Yeah. Uh that's you you
1: just made the move into the pro division this year. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, um, yeah, I'd fished Coeinger forever, and uh, probably uh, a year ago, two years ago, I, I saved my money and paid my coastas and uh, signed up. my fished to coastas in the Southern Opens. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I ended up. I won uh, Wheeler, a uh, uh, coast of Wheeler last year. At, towards the end of the year, wow and that was the last tournament. And, you know, it, it. I finally felt like I had some momentum rolling because I had a fourth at Santee. I was leading the final day going to Santee. Mm-hmm. Ended up fourth, slipped up a little bit. I left there went and went fish the Southern Open at Smith, which is a deep, clear, rocky. You know, I wouldn't say I'm very good at it, and I ended up tied for third there. I left there, drove to wheeler and one wheeler and then that was the end of the tournaments for the year. So. You know, I, I was ready to get this year started. Just, you know, I had the confidence and the momentum just to keep going. You know. Sure.
0: Well, th- would you say that uh, spending all that time as a co angler has has helped you now that you're in charge in front of the boat?
1: Absolutely. You know, probably. Uh, I was talking to Brian earlier. One of the biggest things I learned. I fished some of the Southern Bassmaster Southern Opens as a co angler, and I fished with. Uh, I fished with Stephen Browning. I fished with uh, a a lot of really good guys. I fished with Matt Heron and and being in the back of the boat and seeing the way those guys fish you you realize real quick hey you're not ready for the front you know right you you watch the way one of these elite guys fish or one of the flw tour guys fish you're sitting in the back of the boat you know hey look i still have a lot to learn and just Mm -hmm. just the way they do things and the speed they move and you know there's no no time missed out and that's one thing i the biggest thing i learned as a co-angler
0: excellent well do you have any advice for co-anglers because uh, like, I get this question all the time at batch university like uh, what what is the secret to be being a good co-owender to win in the co hanger division
1: it, it's you know it's it's being versatile uh you know I don't consider myself great at any one technique i mean I, i'm not a great flipper i'm not a great cranker i'm not a i'm, I'm not a i'm not great at anything just great at winning
0: tournament i'm the i
1: I call it the jack of all trades and the master of none you know (laughs) i can drop shot i can spoon i'm not good at it but i can do it you know Mm -hmm. and that's being a co-angler learning how to go from two foot of water to 40 foot of water you know that that's the biggest key and then having the proper stuff packed in your bag without without overpacking
0: you know that we see some overpacking
1: yeah yeah and and i've been i've i've done it before and you know over time, with some of the better pros I've hung around, they've kind of told me, look, yep. your bag feels like it's got a dead body in it. You know, you <laughs> got to lighten it up. So, uh, you know, over the years, you learn what to pack, what not to pack, and uh, it, and that that's a big key, you know.
0: Well, you made a nice transition into the front. You've also made a transition out of an aluminum boat.
1: I did, I did. Um, growing up on the river, I mean, we fished out of a small boat. So, and and honestly, I mean, uh, I'm running a blazer right now, and you know, he's talking about building a 21 next year, and he said, hey, you know, if I build a 21, you, you want to run it? And honestly i don't I, I feel better in an 18 foot boat i feel more comfortable in a 16 foot boat i mean i'm used to being packed in a small boat i'm right. used to going slow yep. you know and the biggest thing is that teaches you yeah you're in a slow boat and it, you can't run real far it teaches you to find the fish that's near you or near the ramp you don't have to run 80 miles right. to go catch a fish there's fish right there yep. you know yeah yeah uh, and that's comfortable. 18-foot boat is, I love to fish
0: out of it, too. I think it's the kind of boat we all started fishing.
1: Absolutely. I can remember in the 80s fishing with my dad. You know, yeah. you had a 16-foot boat with a, you know, now I may have had a 200 or 250 on it. I don't know, them guys used to drive some crazy stuff around the river, but uh, <laughs> it was fun. And now you're running a um, blazer? Yeah, now I'm running a blazer. Um, I grew up just north of Pensacola, and they're built in Pensacola, Florida, and, mm. you know, I... I had a Ranger before, and it was an older boat, and it started having some motor issues. When I won at Wheeler, you know, I had a fuel pump go out, and, uh, and I almost didn't make it back into the weigh-in when I won. And I said, look, if you end up letting the mechanical something end up costing you, you know, you're going to kick yourself. Oh yeah. So I gave Keith a call, and he said, hey, look, if you make it, call me and let me know. I'll do anything I can do to help you, you know. So that was one of the nice things about kind of going to a smaller company. You know, versus a bigger company and asking for a little help, you right. know, odds of getting it's a lot better. Well, that's good for you. Now, and I'm I'm glad that you're with Blazer. I
0: don't know if this is the topic or not, but you weighed in in a T-shirt. Was that a sponsorship situation? But you won that tournament, you know, not wearing a sponsor jersey. Uh, talk to me a little bit yeah, about that. Yeah, it,
1: it, it's funny. If you look back, uh, you know, when I was leading Santee in the coast of the year before, I showed up with a T-shirt on and uh, and and put a Costa patch on it. And uh, the guy running the tournament was like, Bradley, you need to get a jersey. And I said, well, what do you want me to put on it? You know, right. sponsored by Bradley? I said, you know, I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't have any sponsors. And, right. you know, I don't mind if somebody's helping me. I'll, you know. Sure. I'll put Grandma's name on there if she wants to help me out. But... Uh, and then this year when we got to the thing, my, my Blazer and my Mercury were not tournament-approved. Oh. So, I, you know, and that that's what I tried to explain. Look, you know, when we leave these tournaments, I leave and go to a shutdown or I leave and go work. I don't leave and go home and organize, tackle. I don't, I don't leave and I don't have time to go order another jersey. Right. And, you know, but I do have another one ordered now, by the way. <laughs> a tournament-approved jersey. <laughs> Why did your tournament jersey get rejected? Um, I guess sponsor conflict. I really don't know. You know, I mean, you can – I probably could have covered some of it up. But, uh, honestly, I, I feel better fishing out of a T-shirt than I do a jersey anyways. I mean, that that's more me. That's more my style, uh, and you it know. it breathes a little better. And it breathes a lot better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it does. This is like wearing a plastic bag sometimes. That's a fact. Well, that's, that's awesome. And I, I think maybe you'll have a few more sponsor opportunities present themselves now that you've got two wins. Uh, has, has any of that happened with this win? Has 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 do, have doors opened for you?
1: You know, I mean, it's it's been nice as far as you know. I come down to work the Enigma booth They're my rod sponsor, and then work the Blazer booth. And uh, you know, I mean, it's, people walk by and they're like, "Hey, I watched you last Sunday. That was awesome." You know, I'm glad you won. And I mean, that that's all new to me. I mean, you know, I've been to the shows. I've been to ICAS and walked around, and you know, nobody knows who you are. So it's kind of nice for. Actually, somebody to watch you and see you. But um, I, I've got a few things in the works that I'm hoping it's going to work out. And, uh, you know, I was talking to Dustin Connell last night. Me and him sit down and was having a drink, and he said, look, you know, you keep winning, they're, they're coming. They, got, they have no choice but to. That's right. So, you know, like me and him said, hey, we need to focus on fishing and catching fish, and the mm-hmm. sponsor stuff will happen, you know.
0: Larry Nixon sat in the chair just now, and he said – talked about the importance of winning as a professional angler because so many guys will battle their whole careers and never get a win. Right. Uh, do really well, make classics, make top tens, but not get that W. And in such a short period of time, you've gotten some Ws.
1: Yeah, I have. And, and one thing, whenever I started it, I mean, I had the money. I, I didn't finance it. I saved up enough cash mm-hmm. to do it. And, I, and my wife said, look, okay, here, you have the money, go do it. But when you run out, you're out, you know. If you want to go save some more, go save some more. But you have this much allotted. And, you know, and I've told her, talking to her, listen, you know, cash and checks, yeah, will keep you in the business. Uh-huh. But wins, and top fives, top tens, that's what gets your name out there. So as much as I would like to get a check, it's better for me to go and try to actually win or make a top ten where I can get the recognition and, and actually get a little publicity on myself versus – nobody cares that i finished 30th i mean it's great i do and the 10,000 is nice but honestly for to boost me up it does me no good i understand and you're still working full time you yeah. said that what, what what do you do uh, I do uh, electrical construction. Actually, I got a friend of mine. He was running around here. I've worked for him. You know, worked for, actually for him. He was my foreman on a couple jobs, and uh, I've worked anywhere from Shell, Norco in Louisiana, to uh, you know, a lot of industrial uh, steel mills, to paper mills, to. You know, I mean, it's a crappy job, but the nice thing about it is they do pay well, and and the people you work with are great, hardworking people, and that's, that's the type of people I like to be around. That's all, and you're no
0: stranger to hard work doing that job. And, uh no. do you, do you, Is that is that your, uh, do you aspire to be a full-time professional angler?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something I've always dreamed of, and that's why I spent so much time in the back of the boat. And, uh, you know, there was some BFLs in my early 20s I fished, and, you know, I'm like, I'm going to have a great year and just got my butt whipped. You know, and then it kind of puts you back in place and, you know, tells you, hey, look, you're not ready. So just just take your time and you do it right, and eventually it will come, hopefully. You know, it seemed like it was never going to get here. But, uh, you know, finally, I mean, like I said, it's just been a wild ride. And funny thing is I'm just starting, so, you know. That's awesome.
0: And yeah. you're, you're the champ. Hey, sh- you're, you're the champ, and, uh, and I appreciate you being here with us, you know. And-
1: oh, it's an honor. That's what I was telling you earlier You know, past past few years, going to ICAST, me and my dad and my buddies, we all go down there and fish for a week, and we listen to Ike Live, so I think whenever uh, Brian sent me uh, something on Instagram, my wife said, hey, Ike Live. Contacted and I was like, you're lying. She's like, no, really, they did. So, yeah, I mean, he tried to kick me out of my 130 slot yesterday for some guy named Rick Klein, but uh, I come back today. Hey man, we appreciate you coming back. Absolutely. And and we're looking for big things, you know.
0: We got the the FLW Championship coming up, and hopefully you'll get a shot after that win. I think you're in probably pretty good shape in the points this year. Yep, 12th in points. Outstanding, and uh, I wish you all the best, and appreciate you being here with us. We're going to be watching. And uh, you are got to keep watching us. Absolutely. Because we're going to keep screwing up on Ike Live, but having fun doing it. Hey, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and, you
1: know, hopefully uh, I'll win another one, and maybe I'll get to come to the actual studio and uh, heck yeah, hang man. out with you guys. Bring that trophy. Right? That's a fact. Right Actually, right I there. forgot it at the house, but it's safe.
0: All yeah, right. Well, uh, appreciate it again. And uh, we're going to take a little break. And uh coming back later on this afternoon, we've got some other great guests that we're gonna be having here on the Ike Live. I want to thank Mystery Tackle Box who uh who brings us all to you. I want to thank Flambeau. We've got a two o'clock giveaway. Did that happen for the kids tackle boxes? Yeah, happened. That happened already. All right, well we've got more tackle box giveaways from Flambeau, and we appreciate them with their Z Rust technology, the best tackle boxes in the business. And who else do we want to thank? We want to thank TH Marine. Uh, I'm sure you've got some TH Marine products on your boat. We, uh, they make the best products in the world, including the Atlas Jack Plate, which we all love, and many more, which we're going to be talking about here. Any other sponsors we want to give a shout-out to right now? In about an hour, we got Seth Fyder and Jay Kumar coming over. Seth Fighter and Jay Kumar, although they are not sponsors. They are coming up at the 3 o'clock hour on Ike Live. Jay Kumar from BassFan.com fame. Seth Fighter coming off a great tournament season. Already, so uh, so we'll be right back in just a just a couple minutes here on Ike Live at the 2017 Bassmaster Classic. Pete Kluzek, we'll be right back. Thank you.